Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Hello and thank you for joining us today. I'm Liz Berger, the Parent Involvement Coordinator. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series of episodes focused on school safety. Today we are going to learn more about the School Resource Officer, or SRO, and their vital role in safety, building relationships, and getting people comfortable with interacting and talking with law enforcement. Anoka Hennepin coordinates SROs in 12 schools across the district and maintains relationships with local law enforcement. These partnerships play a vital role in protecting the safety of students and staff. Today I'm joined by City of Brooklyn Park and School Resource Officer Andy Dickman and Principal Mike George from Champlin Park High School. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. As we start all of our podcasts, Mike, and I know you've been on one of our podcasts when we first started doing this. Can you remind the audience um, who you are and give them a little bit about how you became the principal at Champlin Park High School? Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, as Liz said, my name is Mike George. Uh, proud to serve here. This is my 13th year as principal of Champlin Park High School. I am and uh, have the, the honor and fortune to show up every day serving an amazing uh, school and wonderful communities and families. Uh, and so thank you for sending your students to us every day. Um, a little quick background. I'm a, from a family of educators. Both my parents are educators. Uh, so I have education in my veins. Uh, I always knew I wanted to be an educator. Uh, really uh, had a goal of being a physical education teacher, uh, but I actually started my career as a a teacher uh, working with students with, with emotional and behavioral disorders. And what those students don't know is they essentially uh, changed my trajectory as an educator. They taught me a lot about um, the disparities in education and really the things that didn't create challenges for me as a student uh, because school was a place I found to be a, a safe and welcoming and place I could thrive. Um, they taught me that uh, school wasn't like that for everyone. And so I've made it my mission to try to make schools places where all students feel welcome and can be themselves and thrive. And so I quickly evolved from being a special education teacher uh, to an assistant principal uh, at Coon Rapids High School, the school where I had graduated from in 1995. <laughs> and uh, that was a really unique experience, having a chance to be a very young administrator who I was, in, I was encouraged to look into administration by a gentleman by the name of John Trost, who was a two-star general in the National Guard, who was also a teacher at our school. And uh, it was his job to identify leaders. And he had said to me, you should think about administration. And it was that prompting that really encouraged me to think differently about my, additionally, my role in education. And so I as I said, I got hired as an assistant principal at Coon Rapids High School in the 2006-2007 school year uh, and, and uh, did a lot of work there to change the culture around Coon Rapids High School and helped to create Cardinal Nation and some other uh, things there. And that really um, started to get involved in doing chemical uh, health and uh, drug presentations as some results of things that were happening in my family uh, with some uh, in-laws. And that all of a sudden became an opportunity for me to become a candidate uh, for principal at Champlain Park High School. I uh, interviewed and I got the call on the last day of school at the spring of 2010 and, and uh, eagerly accepted the position. And here I am 13 years later, 
continuing this journey as principal, loving to show up every day and uh, learning from an amazing uh, school community. So long introduction, but those who know me, I can take a 30 second question and make it at least three minutes long. Uh, so that's a little bit about me for those of you who are listening and don't know anything about Mike George. I do appreciate that you're able to share a lot about you. And I think that what you do share is really important that people do know you have a history in Anoka Hennepin that you were a graduate from here and then also have experiences at alt other sites and other locations and with um, students of all backgrounds. So thanks for sharing all of those things about you, Mike. Officer Dickman, how about you? Can you share a little bit about your journey and how you became the uh, Brooklyn Park police officer and then also the school resource officer at Champlain Park High School? Yeah, so I graduated high school in 2002 from Rochester. During that time, my senior year, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted something that kept me active, that didn't keep me behind a desk, something that was very interactive with people. And my aunt at the time was a dispatcher for Olmstead County. And she kind of just mentioned, hey, why don't you come for a ride along? And if you don't know what a ride along is, it's basically it's a program that most cities do where <clears throat> you sign a waiver and you get to ride around with the police officer for a shift and see what they do. You know, the type of calls they respond to, what they do in their free time or their downtime on their shift. So I rode with an uh, Rochester officer and we did the night shift. We were uh, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. and we went to just a variety of different calls. And I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting. This is pretty cool. And so I set up a few more and each time I rode, it was something different. There was always something new happening. It was never the same thing. It was never the same calls. It was always um, challenging to the officer because it wasn't the same. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So then I decided to go to Minnesota State University, Mankato. They have a great law enforcement program and um, give it a try. So my first year, I did a lot of the intro classes and you know, just kind of kept with it. Thought this is for me. This is pretty interesting. It, um, it's active and, you know, working with the community. So I graduated from there in 2006 and was hired with Brooklyn Park Police in 2007. And with the hiring process, you always kind of start out on patrol. Um, so I was working night shifts for about five, six years, um, just responding to 911 calls and um, kind of everything you see on the show, cops or live PD. <laughs> After that, there's an opening in one of our uh, neighborhood engagement units where we worked with rental properties and apartments to kind of help make that a very safe community for those who live in uh, apartments or rentals. And then I did that for just a couple of years and an opportunity came out to be a part of our juvenile unit and do investigations. <clears throat> and that kind of you know, was a, a big change of pace where going from responding to 911 calls to doing the follow-up on the back end as far as the investigation side. And that position that opened was the school resource officer here at Champlain Park High School. And so I got that position and that was probably 2000, the 2015, 2016 school year was my first year here. Um, and since then, I've really enjoyed it. It's a great position. It offers a lot of different uh, aspects to law enforcement as far as doing investigations for crimes that happen here at the school, as well as building a relationship with the kids. And then, so this is my eighth year as the school resource officer, which is pretty unique. Most uh, departments and, and areas have timed positions on that. You know three four years which i think is you know beneficial in some ways so it's a good rotating for other officers to get opportunities but i think we've really seen the benefit of a long-term position of an sro where they continue to develop relationships with the school with the students and kind of just continue to learn after year after year on how to be an effective sro 
Thanks for giving a little bit of background, Dickman, of how you got into your role and, and where you are. The one uh, side note that I think is really interesting that both of you mentioned in your story is that an aunt or a fellow teacher encouraged you along your journey to maybe try something different or do something different. And I think that that's um, a, a huge thing that we focus on a lot in our schools is that there's there are caring adults that do care about all of our students. And sometimes it's kind of surprising of who that person is or who that person is that might give you the spark to want to become a police officer or a leader in a school building. So I wanted to also recognize that. Thank you for sharing. Um, both of you happen to say that. And I think that that's really key in all that we do in education is to remind students and adults that you matter and that you are having more of an impact on people than maybe you realize. So thanks for going tangential and taking that side note with me. But I do think it's really key, especially in the conversation we're going to have today. I know you talked about a little bit Dickman, about what a school resource officer does, but I know we have 12 of them in our district. Can you, can either of you give us an overview about maybe what the school resource officer typical day looks like and how it plays a role in your building and or the community that your building is in? Yeah, um, it's it's definitely a unique role because it very much, like I said earlier, law enforcement is, is different every day. It also holds true with different buildings and different agencies. Um, I think for our agency and our school, kind of my role here, first and foremost, is obviously school safety, right? I'm tasked with um, keeping 3,000 kids in this building safe, um, whether that be from something that occurs outside in the community or here in the building. Um, so I am charged with investigating any crime that occurs in the school, whether it be a fight, a theft, um, a narcotics, vaping, anything like that. But that doesn't always lead to necessarily a criminal uh, citation or arrest. That's where the partnership with the school works very well and you work closely with them and say, you know what, you know, this student, this is his first time offense. We came down to it, but maybe it's best to have a school consequence and um, follow up with the school to get this kid back on the right track than necessarily going right to a citation or uh, arrest. It's also, I'm also a great resource for staff. I've had numerous staff members always come and say, hey, I just got a question. How does this work? How does that work? And being able to have that um, working relationship and staff comfortable to come into uh, an officer's office and just ask those questions, um, uh, I think goes a long way and then helps them get a good understanding because then they can also take that information back to their classrooms, right? Hey, I talked to Officer Dickman. This is what he said could happen with this, or this is what typically happens. Um, sometimes students aren't always most comfortable coming to maybe their administrator or the officer in their school, but they have that relationship with a teacher or a counselor or something. And then so to have that relationship with those first line employees in the school to come to me to relay that information, I think is very key too. And I know we'll kind of probably get into it a little later, but just the ability to build a relationship with the youth directly themselves too, and not having to go through a, a counselor, an administrator, a teacher. To have them just come in my office and i know mike can probably attest to this there's kids that are always coming into my office asking questions and trying to get information um, i think that's really important just to really build that um, bridge between law enforcement and youth especially nowadays where there is a lot of division between law enforcement and the community um, so to be able to work with the kids and get them comfortable with you know god i you know i, I talked to officer dickman um, and he told me this and to bring them back to their um friends and family, and then hopefully then in, in the community, they can have other positive relationships with law enforcement, not just in one place. Thanks for that. I, I do think that is really important, just kind of talking about the overview. And there's so many different hats that you wear each and every day in your role, as you mentioned. 
Mike, how about from your lens as a building administrator? You guys have worked together for at least eight years. You guys have worked through a lot of hard situations at schools. You've been on community committees together, and you guys do work really close together. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like from a building administrator role? Yeah, well, um, I came from a school where we had a really close partnership with the police department at Coon Rapids. Um, and actually, Brooklyn Park's chief of police at the time, Chief Davis, was the first first person I met with when I became principal of uh, Champlain Park High School because I really believe in the importance of the partnership. And as Dickman talked about, we do have we do serve families who have difficulties in the communities uh, that we serve uh, with law enforcement. And so one of the things that's been really important for us is is that Andy has become somebody who can hopefully change some of those experiences. And and I can say that he does. Andy actually has more uh, senior photos and graduation announcements and invites hanging up in his office than I have in mine. So, so oh, there they are. Invited to more things than I do. He has created amazing connections with our students, not just because he is who he is and the approach that he takes, but because he's very supportive and he coaches here at Champlain Park High School. But the things that Andy is able to provide to the school are varying levels of training and support that quite frankly school officials don't have right so the training that he has in identifying uh, certain chemicals and controlled substances right the de-escalation strategies that he has uh, been trained on his first response training that he has so andy has helped us in a lot of situations that have have not involved crime that have involved uh, student mental health and student physical health and and staff member physical health here We've had medical situations where if we had to call 911 versus Andy having immediate access to a radio that can call, right, that actually speeds up response time to our school. All just a few examples of reasons why it's really important to have a good partnership and have somebody who has got access uh, to immediate communication in your system. Uh, Andy is oftentimes there for us too, just as somebody to bounce some things off of. We realize that as a school and as a law enforcement, we walk down different paths and yet we're doing it together in a school system, right? And so we're also very careful about how we ask Detective Dickman to intervene because he is in a bit of a tough spot in that he is a, a officer working in a school system. And so when we really need Andy to op operate, we would, we would ask him to operate like a law enforcement officer, which is different from a school personnel to some degree. And yet Andy has also adapted his, his approach and work um, over the last eight years as a school official, which I would say um, working in a law enforcement capacity, um, which I would say has also made him much more approachable. And I think the environment here that we've been able to create at Champlain Park um, uh, better. And so I can't say enough about the work that Andy does to support our students and our staff and our community on a regular basis, and we'll get into it. But even our response that we had uh, just about three weeks ago and having an officer in the space allowed us to get immediate response to the school much quicker than if we had to go about it a different way. I think you bring up a great point too about um, each of I've got to work, I've had the opportunity to work with Andy on some committees in the past and other SROs, and I think that that relationship piece and really understanding that you're a police officer, but you also are a great resource and having the understanding to understand students right and staff. And having that impact in the buildings is something that I've really appreciated about working with you, Andy, and, and other SROs, is that you are available to answer questions. 
And it's not necessarily going to be, you're going to turn me in if I ask you this, but I'm more asking as a general point of contact, as a starting point, because I don't know where else to go to. So I think those relationships that the schools have with the SRO is super important. And then as you mentioned, Mike, too, about having that first line of contact, right? You don't have to call 911. Andy has, and the other SROs are able to do that a little bit more quickly and speed things up. How about if a crisis does happen, either in the community or, um, and you guys both sit down and feel like, okay, as a school district, we're not able to handle this. How do we help students to find resources maybe that aren't available in the school? And I don't know if you guys have a story of maybe how that has helped a student to be successful, maybe when they were struggling with something. You know, for me to honestly, my first go-to for resources is the school. They provide a lot of different resources that, you know, as a police department, we don't have. Just in this bill alone, we have, you know, school counselors, we have social workers, we have a nurse, we have trusted adults that these kids really put their faith in. Um, I believe we have uh, headway therapists that'll come in. Um, so just the amount of resources, especially on the mental health side that come into this building are so much more than the police department can offer is huge. Um, so I really lean on the school side of things on that, whereas like a patrol officer or a general investigator working out of the Brooklyn Park Station might be working a case and they say, yeah, we're just really struggling with our, our kid or our brother or aunt or whoever, you know, do you guys have any resources? And we have one um, detective that works solely with like mental health stuff. So that's kind of just our go-to like, yeah, talk to um, Detective Brown. Um, we'll give you her number. And then that's kind of where it ends. We're here in the school. There's a lot more follow-up, right? We have access to it all the time. I can walk upstairs and talk to the social worker directly and say, hey, do me a favor, check in with this kid. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing, right? And they have that specialized. You kind of mentioned, you know, you know, the officer and administrators wear many hats, you know, so we're good at, you know, identifying something. But then when we really need to get them focused on what they need, we have that resource here, whether it be the social worker, a counselor, a therapist, and can really get them where they need to be. Um, so for me, it really is leaning on the school and um, that partnership um, side of things. Mm-hmm. There are probably count, there are really countless examples of things that have happened in the community that are dealt with by law enforcement or medical personnel that the, the standard of operation is, is to communicate with the school resource officer. And what that allows us to do is immediately deploy resources to help families in their time of trauma, right? So you can imagine the disconnect if we don't have that, right? And and the communities we serve, Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park, Champlin, and Dayton, the officers know who our resource officer is. And so uh, when, there are, when there are traumatic events that happen in families, tragic deaths, accidents, uh, you name it, Dickman typically knows about those situations very early, which means I typically then know about them very early. And it allows us to show up for families immediately the next day. And those are some of the most impactful actions that having a direct link with law enforcement uh, and our surrounding communities helps us with, right? Is, Is it's much more of our ability. We do much more proactive and supportive work than we do reactive punitive work with law enforcement. I think that's really important to highlight. Andy is constantly working on supporting students, trying to help. It's it's really the work that Andy is trying to help avoid his colleagues coming into contact with out in the community, right? And uh, and I can't say enough about that. Um, and it's impossible for us to actually document. I mean, even as of last night, 
Detective Dickman and I are communicating at 10 o'clock about some different community things that are going on. And our ability to be aware of those things is only based on the partnership that we have between school and our local law enforcement. I think um, knowing about that partnership, but then also, as you had mentioned, Dickman, the the relationships that are available in the school and the support that are in the schools is also huge. We've had a lot of, we've had counselors on our podcast, social workers, school nurses, teachers, therapists. There are a lot of points of contact in the building. And I think that you mentioning that is really important that you know who those people are in your building and can go and say, hey, this is what we've noticed or this is what we're seeing. Can you please follow up as their counselor? Or I know you have a really great relationship with them. And I think that's also just super unique in the sense of we have support staff that there to support our students and you may have a better relationship with them to follow up or may have the expertise in this area to follow up. But I know each of our schools has those different players in it. They may look a little bit different or have additional staff or something, but I think it's really important to know that there are multiple touch points in our schools of support staff um, along with teachers and, and building admin that can really support our students as they are working through difficult things or even positive things. Both of you are relational. You both have a lot of really great relationships with the staff and the students in, in your building and in the community. Can either of you share a story of how you've been able to build those positive relationships with students that maybe if parents are looking for ideas or other adults that they could use um, you as their example? I'll talk about two things. One for me personally, being visible, being vulnerable, being willing to learn. Right? As the adults in the space, we're not we're not just the educators; we're the learners also, right? And uh, as schools as evolved, have evolved, and as as kids' experiences and lives lives have evolved, we have a responsibility as the adults in the space to be learners and help to support. And I think that's naturally how Detective Dickman and I, in our our roles, but how we are as humans, uh, operate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really how people in this school system uh, operate. Um, I will speak for Andy and then I can let him expand on that. One of the things that I think has made a really significant difference for us with Andy's role serving in our community, which again is, is a, a, a diverse community that has, has large uh, portions of our community who have, have not had always positive interactions with law enforcement for whatever reasons. And we honor and recognize that. And one of the things that Andy has been able to do because he has been here as long as he has been, and also because he is committed to being involved in our students' lives as a coach and create connections with them, that has truly, I believe, opened some doors that I didn't think were were possible. And, uh, and so the connections he has created because of his desire and willingness to be connected to students outside of their school life here during the day has also created opportunities for him and his role as he supports kids in the community uh, in his role as a police officer or as just a coach. And so kudos to Detective Dickman for what he's done for the past seven years as a, uh, as a basketball coach uh, here at Champlain Park High School because his coaching and his influence actually never stops, right? He's a coach in the fall right. before the season begins, and he's a coach in the spring after the season ends. And he's constantly talking to kids in the hallways and creating connections with kids, which then allows other people to see these really positive connections that uh, he has uh, with them, which uh, again is, I think, unique to us, but certainly uh, something we've really appreciated. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it necessarily falls down to like one, much one thing you've done to really build relationships. It's more about being consistent in a lot of things. I know for me, when I, my first year I came in, 
it was uh, just learning the ropes, right? I mean, I didn't really know what to expect or what uh, the school was expecting out of me. Was it going to be, we just want you here to hold kids accountable by the letter of the law? Or is it, we really want you to build relationships? And one thing I, I kind of got sucked into and was really interested was the basketball side of things. And I talked to the head coach and said, hey, I'd love to love to coach on, on a certain level with the program. And they, they were very ec ecstatic to get a, a law enforcement officer and on their coaching staff. And so I ended up coaching ninth grade basketball. I think it's really important to stay with ninth grade basketball. I've had numerous of my coworkers, hey, when are you going to move up to like JV, varsity, <laughs> anything like that? So that's really not. I love the ninth grade level. One, it's a great introduction to kids coming into the building, right? I know the seniors. I know the juniors, right? <clears throat> but when the freshmen come in and – all of a sudden they learn I coach basketball. It's, oh, hey, how long? I'm getting to class. I'm getting to class. Okay, yeah, <laughs> remember that for tryouts. And, um, you know, it just really changes the dynamic. And it gives them an opportunity to see me as more than just a uniform as a police officer. They, I mean, I still have kids numerous times in the hallway. Hey, coach. It's even kids I've cut. Sorry, hey, man, you, you didn't make it this year. Okay, in the hallway. Hey, coach, well, you know, what do I got to work on next year? And having done that for seven years is really change the dynamic in the hallways and the way the kids see me and I see them. And it's just been a great, great opportunity to really bridge that gap and show that, you know, kids aren't just troublemakers and police officers aren't just out there to arrest people. It really finds that common ground to work together. A handful of other things is just get involved with the school. I do a lot of classroom talks. I talk in our criminal justice class, but then just being in the hallways too, right? You know, not sitting in my office during passing time, being out there. Hey, what's up? What's up, John? What's up, Aiden? What's up? What's going on? How was your weekend? One thing I really took away from a recent training was two minutes a day for 10 days in a row. You know, just talk to a kid for two minutes, 10 days in a row, and that relationship is so much stronger for it. And you can't do that by not engaging and, and, and putting yourself out there and getting out of your comfort zone as a law enforcement officer to build those relationships with the, with the kids. So I think that's... Uh, very important. From what both of you guys shared, it just talks about the people that you are, right? Like the importance of being vulnerable or the importance of, I liked that two minutes a day for 10 days, just really being authentic and showing up as yourselves as a building leader and as a police officer, I think really has made a huge difference in at Champlain Park, but also in the community. In closing, I want to say thank, thank you to both of you for being here today. And in your last answer, you both said things that I think um, are helpful to all parents. Some of the things that you mentioned are being visible. As a parent, it's really important for us to show up and be visible in our kids' lives. And also the importance of uh, being vulnerable. Sometimes we have to take off our armor or, or take off our, our being a police officer and remind people that we are human as well. Getting involved with school and then also the willingness to learn that we're always learning. We might have thought one thing last year and then we had an experience happen where we learned something different or, or changed because of that experience. And then lastly, both of you said it throughout the whole podcast is relationships. Taking that time to build relationships with students and staff and fellow parents is really important for us as humans to continue to feel connected as we move through life. And when difficult things happen, which they do, um, knowing that there are people in our buildings, in our community that are there to help us to be better people. I think both of you really focus a lot on relationships and letting people know that you are available and are willing to help. So thank you both for being here so much today. As we wrap up, is there any last remarks that you want to share with our audience or things that you wish you would have said but didn't say? Now is your time. Uh, I would say um, 
first of all, thank you again for listening to our uh, the communities that are going to end up or are currently at Champlain Park High School. If you ever have a, a concern, something you have a question about, don't hesitate to give us a call. If you're struggling with something, and if you want to celebrate something, we are we are here as uh, uh, listeners and uh, here to support. Yeah, I say the the biggest thing is just we're here to support families and students and. The best way we can do that is that open communication. So if you do know of a student struggling, let us know because um, we just we can't act on it until we have that information. You know, it's, it is unfortunately a large school, um, so to be able to identify uh, a kid who might be struggling in a large setting can be difficult. So the first point of contact usually comes from someone saying we're worried about this kid. So we're always open for that information and willing to take it and follow up on it. Thank you both so much. And um, thank you for those who are listening to our podcast. Thank you. Rebels. Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.